podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us. A day later than normal, you know, this is going up on Tuesday, June 9th, not Monday, June 8th, like usual. Um, had some issues this weekend getting stuff done. Uh, a couple other heads up, there were some technical issues as far as this episode goes. So there are some spots that are a little bit eh, not my favorite. I apologize ahead of time. Now, Brian Ralph joining us today to talk about the NCAA hammering Oklahoma State uh, with uh, a postseason ban for, the, for their men's basketball team this upcoming season, among other things. Um, two notes. One, he will mention a team that self-reported some clerical errors uh, that had them playing um, ineligible players over the last decade. That team he's referring to is Stephen F. Austin team is Stephen F. Austin. So when you hear him talk about that and you, you don't hear what team he mentions because of the slight technical issues at Stephen F. Austin. Two, um, if you have virgin ears or a children who you usually have in the car listening to this, maybe save this one for yourself for the office. Um, to little NSFW on a kind of I'm pretty damn steamed and pretty angry. Um, I have a hard time taking my Oklahoma State fandom out of this conversation. I'll just be blunt about it. So just a heads up, um, if you have uh, delicate sensibilities, I say a few things that might upset you. So I'm sorry. But I am saying them about the NCAA, so you could probably understand my frustrations. Um, heads up, we will have another episode this week. I can preview it because it's already in the can. Ha ha. Jamie Steyer and Andy Mintz are back on the show. Braden Gill from Athlon Sports joining us. Really excited for that episode coming later this week. Should be up on Thursday, so look forward to that. Make sure you are subscribed to the 1012 Podcast so you don't miss a single episode. TEN number 12 or podcast available anywhere that you download and get your podcast, whether that's iTunes, Google, Spotify. I forget all the other places, honestly. Do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. Helps get the word out about the show. And if you leave us a review, I will read it. 
I try and check those on a regular basis. If you left me one and I haven't said anything, uh, and you're like, dude said he'd read my review. Uh, I thought I was funny and he didn't want to read it. He must not have liked my review. Uh, it's more likely I just haven't checked it in a bit and I apologize. So maybe um, shoot me a DM, DM on the Twitters. It's at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. I'll make sure and check that out and, and read that here on the show. Um, if we don't have anything else, again, I apologize ahead of time. The NCAA can guard your, uh, guard your ears, kids. Eat dick, and uh, let's get to it. All right, very excited to be joined by my good friend Brian Ralph today. Before I get on my tangent and start venting, uh, Brian, previously of Busting Brackets, now with a new site. Brian, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the new site you're writing for? Yeah, I'm writing for HeatCheckCBB.com now, a Heat Check College Basketball. It was created by one of my good friends, Eli Becker. Uh, he has brought on a number of very talented uh, independent writers, uh, so college basketball writers who aren't associated with a CBS, ESPN, anything like that um a bunch of very talented writers that care very passionately about the sport and are all really good at what they do um and i was lucky enough to be one of the people that he reached out to and very excited about the potential for what the the site can be and um really looking forward to obviously continuing to write and cover about the sport and hopefully do so in a manner that um will appease both the most hardcore college basketball fan and the casual college basketball fan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your work there. Uh, excited to continue to following, following your work. Um, but that uh, enough with pleasantries. It's time to start using some colorful language. Um, obviously you are here. And as I said in my intro, I'm doing my best to not put on my orange colored glasses. I will try and be as fair as possible. And if I, I say something you, you do not uh, agree with or think is, is, uh, uh, to OSU leaning, please feel free to correct me. Obviously, uh, the big story on Friday, the NCAA coming down and, and I think hammering is the appropriate term, hammering the Oklahoma State men's basketball uh, program. Uh, this all surrounding the FBI investigation into uh, corruption in college basketball. Former Oklahoma State assistant coach Lamont, coach Lamont Evans uh, went to jail for this. Uh, accepting bribes between 18000 and, and 22000 to steer players both from South Carolina and Oklahoma State to certain agents and financial advisors. Uh, Evans uh, obviously going to jail and hit with a 10-year show cause penalty. But Oklahoma State was was severely... Uh, yes, they were. They had been announced that they were going to get a, a level one violation, but then the penalties came down. They'll lose uh, three scholarships over a, a three-year period, um, reduction in scholarship uh, in recruiting visits, um, a pay a hefty fine, but all of that aside, uh, comes the postseason ban for the upcoming 2020-2021 uh, season. Um, let me just start by saying by saying this. Uh, obviously, OSU had had already taken some self-imposed punishments um, on their own. Um, I understand a lot of the punishment, and I don't think Oklahoma State was ever going to get off scot-free. Um, they did have a man on their staff um, that broke the rules, uh, broke the law, uh, and there's going to be consequences to those actions. Um, but I believe that what the NCAA did here was not only heavy-handed, um, but was 
a situation where the punishment does not fit uh, not the crime, but the individuals that the punishment was placed down upon. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State employed him. Uh, Lamont Evans was there for six months. Most of that tenure was during the time in which Brad Underwood was the head coach, things to point, to, to point out. Um, the NCAA itself stated that Oklahoma State uh, did not benefit in recruiting, uh, did not commit a recruiting violation, did not play an eligible player, and did not display a lack of institutional control. And yet, not only did they get a level one violation, but they've been uh, handed a a postseason ban for the upcoming season, a year where uh, Oklahoma State fans very excited about, obviously with Cade Cunningham and a top 10 class signed to come and, and play for Oklahoma State. Um, before I keep going, Brian, uh, what were your thoughts when you heard heard this news just just on Friday? I, I thought it was harsh, like you did. I, I think everybody kind of did because of the fact Lamont Evans wasn't at the school for very long, like you mentioned. They essentially, when all of this happened, were essentially the school that was caught in the wrong place wrong. Because this would have happened you know, nine months prior, South Carolina is going to hit with these penalties right it's just it's bad timing from an Oklahoma State perspective and you get the sense from this that the NCAA is really trying to make a statement with the penalties that they're handing out for the schools that were involved in the FBI probe obviously Oklahoma State is the first school involved to get a firm punishment handed down by the NCAA already so we don't know how things will progress with schools like Kansas LSU Arizona Louisville and I, I think what happens to those schools may change how we view the punishment Oklahoma State gets because the NCAA did mention that you know they worked with Oklahoma State for this and with this and all the things you mentioned about them not really implicating the school, yet the, still, the school still getting hit with significant penalties. It, it's super severe to give a school postseason ban for that on the surface. And so looking at it from a surface level, it's unjust. And that's sort of the sense of Oklahoma State's appeal to try and get that postseason ban overturned is the fact that the NCAA acknowledged they gained no recruiting um, advantage from it. The school didn't lack institutional control. All the things you mentioned are the things that they're going back to the NCAA and are saying, well, you said none of this was our fault, basically. So why are we being punished to this extent, especially in the year that was supposed to be the breakout year of this era with Cade Cunningham coming in, the whole Mike Boynton era sort of building up to this, uh, this was the year. And so to have it happen now, I, I think is a tough pill to swallow. At the same token, if those schools I mentioned previously, the Kansas, LSUs, Arizona, Louisville's, get extreme penalties, the likes of which we've never seen, I think that may cause us to look at this a little bit differently. So let's let's talk about that because I have, I have a few thoughts. So obviously, uh, Kansas, Louisville, NC State, South Carolina, TCU, and USC have announced that they've received notices of allegations. Um, Arizona and LSU are under investigation according to ESPN and Auburn and Creative Decline to comment whether or not they have received alleg- uh, notice of allegations or not. And from everything I have gathered at this point, Oklahoma State seems like the school that has cooperated the most with the NCAA. Uh, they put a lot of time, energy, and effort into working with the NCAA to come out to what they believe would be a, a fair um, resolution of this. 
uh, which is why the fact that they basically have two weeks to get the the appeal in is going to be a little bit difficult, more difficult than people think it's going to be. Um, it feels like Oklahoma State was operating in good faith with the NCAA, and the NCAA took that good faith and and not only threw it in their face but lit it on fire. Before operating they did so. in good faith with the NCAA is never a good idea. Thank you, and that's the point <laughs> I want to. For anybody, let's just get this out of the way. Um, just don't work with the NCAA. Do not. Do not. Don't ever do it. Don't. 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 Just lie to them and don't give them anything. Don't ever give them a damn thing ever again because this is what you get when you do. Um, two things came away from me for this. First of all is this. Um, the NCAA is acting like the kid in the movie Blank Check. For those of you who are around in the 90s, remember that Disney classic that had Carla Gugino. Um, the NCAA has an FBI investigation and individuals who were on teams, consistent coaches who were on teams who went to jail. They feel they have a kind of power to do the kinds of things that they are don't ever get to actually do or have never done in the past, combined with the fact that everybody calls them out for not actually punishing um, punishing the Blue Bloods. I'm going to get to that point. Um, thanks to Gary Parrish for presenting me with this one in a minute. Um, the point that they, everyone calls them out because they don't punish anybody, and now they have an opportunity to do so. And so they took out their frustrations on Oklahoma State, a school that tried to do the right thing um, and is basically, to me, to a certain extent, being punished uh, for it. Uh, by the way, you noticed Illinois was not among the schools that I listed. Meanwhile, Brad Underwood was the head coach uh, at that time when this stuff was going down at Oklahoma State. But of course, we don't punish those who might have actually been around for it. We just punish the people afterwards. Um, point number two is this. There was a line that was presented um, during the press conference and, and through the process where, where it was stated that Oklahoma State, because they had cooperated, and this, is a, this, this one stuck out to me a lot, because Oklahoma State cooperated, their punishment was better than it could have been. Had they not cooperated, they could have gotten a two-year postseason ban. First of all, F you. Second of all, that line sticks out to me for one reason and one reason only. Oklahoma State is being used to make an example of for the Blue Bloods. This is what the NCAA always does. They find the smaller school. In this case, it is a Power 5 school. What is not a Power 5 school has been a, a power in the sport mm -hmm. over the last decade or so. They find someone else to, to, to make an example of, to try and scare the big schools, the big blue blood schools into cooperating. Kansas is not cooperating. Most of the schools are not cooperating to the degree that Oklahoma State did. Kansas has been blared blatant about the fact that they are not going to cooperate with the NCAA. Oklahoma State did. They are being taken advantage of to try and scare and threaten the bigger schools. That is absolutely what I believe. I've, all the evidence to me points to that because I don't think the NCAA has the case that they want to have against those schools to do the damage they would like to do to prove everybody that they really can punish the big blue bloods. Everything in NCAA's history suggests you're correct. There has been no instance in the history of the NCAA where a blue blood program has gotten the same punishment as a smaller school for the same violations um, with the exception of, of maybe minor things, but from a major standpoint, uh, I actually took a class 
saw this in college. Uh, traditionally, the average um, punishment the NCAA may hand out for the same for the same major level one violations for a you know, blue blood power five program might be three years probation. Uh, Mid major school, it's the same thing. The average is something like five years. Uh, the there's a huge discrepancy and money obviously comes into play there. So from this sense of everything the NCAA has done in their history, everybody is right to think this way in terms of them making Oklahoma State an example, because while they are a power five school, they are not on the same level as Kansas at the same time, because I think the NCAA wants to take this so seriously. And I think Oklahoma State might be, a statement of how seriously they're taking this and want to punish this. I'm thinking there might be a little bit of a change here, and I want to see exactly what happens with the punishments handed out to those blue blood, blue blood programs. Because while they may not have a, as open and shut of a case as they did against Oklahoma State with some of those other programs, what we do have in a lot of those cases is much more significant. Like there are, there are physical things, there are wiretaps, there are facts that are much more severe violations than anything Lamont Evans and Oklahoma State were wrapped up in. That being the case, there might be some other things that where it's not as bad as we think, but it's still much, much worse than Oklahoma State is. Everybody, especially Oklahoma State fans, have the right to feel the way they do right now, given the NCAA's history. But there seems, the way the NCAA is treating this seems to be a bit of a change to where they know they have to be really serious about this, particularly because it was those blue blood schools that, was, that were the worst offenders. So I'm still somewhat hesitant in saying they're trying to make an example out of Oklahoma State because, okay, we may look back three months from now and realize that the NCAA was right about Oklahoma State in terms of their punishment being lighter than what they would have gotten because of how severely they punished the Kansas and the Arizonas and the LSUs. We just don't know. Now, Oklahoma State fans and skeptics have every right to feel the way they do given the NCAA's history. But I will say the way the NCAA seems to be treating this, at least publicly, and from what I've heard a little bit privately, but at least publicly, I think there, there, there might be some bigger things that surprise some people. So I'm still, I don't want to say I'm optimistic is not the right word for this, but I'm going to hold out a bit of my judgment on that until we see what some of those other schools who are more blue blood, who committed bigger violations to see what they get. Because I do think if there is a time the NCAA is going to correct that history, they are serious about doing that with this case. Okay, so I, I will I will acknowledge the we'll wait and see. Um, it doesn't feel good Kansas, right now. Well, but here's the other point to that. Kansas being burnt to the ground, and I don't want to see Kansas as a Big 12 pod as much as an Oklahoma State podcast. Um, Kansas being burnt to the ground isn't going to make me happy. Um, and it's the point of like seeing, Canada, seeing the other schools who have far worse, have done far worse things being punished on a on a level that matches what Oklahoma State got for their value for what they actually mm. did won't necessarily make me feel better as an Oklahoma State fan um I don't know that any of that I don't know that anything outside of an appeal working we can get to the appeal in a minute mm. working will um but seeing other schools not 
uh, getting similar punishments or punishments that don't necessarily fit what the allegations are against them will make me feel worse as an Oklahoma State fan about what Oklahoma State is dealing with. And part of that, yes, is absolutely everything that was building up to this year was such a big deal um, to come in and do it. Just like the timing of all of this could not be worse. And it, I'm trying to not be Oklahoma State fan <laughs> outside of the fact that it just sucks. But like as a, as a basketball fan, that could have been a really fun team to watch. Um, and and it, now we could end up with Cade Cunningham in the G League because, and I'm not saying he's going to go, mm-hmm. I don't, but it's it's interesting to see the NCAA do this to a team that should have could potentially have the number one pick on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just it's I don't know. I I, I hate to say that it's unfair um, because again I think that Oklahoma State was going to was going to get a punishment for having Lamont Evans on staff, but man. None of this feels right. And part of it's the NCAA and they suck. Right. And and part of it is I don't think any of this will stop cheating at all. Not really. Um, schools will still cheat. I guess at the end of it, I don't know what the end goal of this is other than the NCAA and those in charge of, of NCAA basketball uh, getting to shake hands and smoke cigars and, and circle jerk each other off because they feel really great about what they've just done. Yes. The, the, there is no positive result that comes from this other than the NCAA showing their strength by punishing schools that were cheating while, or punishing the schools that were caught cheating basically with Adidas while ignoring all of the other somewhat obvious cheating that goes on and is accepted around the sport so in that sense it's somewhat of a fool's errand from the oklahoma state perspective all of this feels um uncomfortable and unjust but from an NSA rulebook perspective it's sort of what is that they hand out are unjust I understand the purpose behind postseason bans. I don't want to get down a rabbit hole of NCAA penalties and what they should do and shouldn't do. Postseason bans, I get because that's something that the NCAA can do that is effective. Stripping Louisville the 2013 National Championship, uh, while sounds nice, doesn't really have any teeth to it. But giving a school postseason ban is something we don't like is the issuing of the postseason ban immediately because that impacts the school or or the regime and the players, especially in Oklahoma State's case, that had nothing to do with the group that actually committed the crimes, uh, the NCAA violations. If you push out the postseason ban a year or two, maybe three, however long you wanted to push it out, then everybody could go into that situation sort of eyes wide open for a better, for lack of a better analogy, um, knowing sort of what the deal is and if they want to figure things out. Sefton is getting that opportunity. They received a postseason ban for uh, a clerical error that resulted in uh, them playing ineligible players for the better part of a decade. Uh, a much different sort of scenario, and CMF Austin self-reported it, worked with the NCAA, but they, they got a postseason ban, but that's pushed uh, for, I believe, another year or two, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll still get the chance to go this year, this year's group um, that, you know, had nothing to do with clerical error, kind of uh, 
in a wrong place, wrong time, kind of like Oklahoma State was, and are able to sort of make adjustments moving forward for everybody involved. To me, that's something that needs to be done and would certainly help Oklahoma State in this case, considering everything that was built towards this year. And now, you know, we're in early June. Letters of intent have been signed. Recruiting cycles is essentially closed. Transfer cycles are essentially closed. And now the NCAA decides to essentially leave Oklahoma State holding the bag here. And that that part doesn't seem right. No, not if the goal is to do what's best uh, for the student. So talking about the appeal in that case, um, there is not a good uh, record of appeals having much effect, uh, changing the outcome of any punishment. Um, I don't know what Oklahoma State's plan is outside of fighting tooth and nail to make sure this doesn't happen. Uh, so I have a couple of questions as, as far as those goes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to an appeal, is the option of delaying the postseason ban, if they can't overturn it, an option, A? And B, can you make an appeal last long enough that the ban gets pushed back? Oklahoma State will certainly try to get the ban delayed, and I think they will use the recent, very recent as um sort of reason for it um you can look back at, at a past instance where they were able to do that and i think that's what they're going to sort of be contending here obviously they don't want a postseason ban but i think they may concede if you feel the need to give us one let's push it out for years we again sort of understand what we're going into going into a season a recruiting cycle things like that like you were able to provide this school in this case I think that's probably worst case scenario in terms of the appeal being pushed back in order to take enough time to where a ruling can't be issued before the start of the 2021 NCAA tournament. I think that's entirely dependent on the NCAA's schedule of handling things. If Oklahoma Oklahoma state follows the appeal, does it go right back to the back of the list and they have to work through LSU stuff, Arizona stuff, Kansas stuff, NC state stuff first, and then they'll get to the appeal or because they've already issued this, does the appeal stay at the front of the line and they try and work on this here and have a firm answer by the end of the month? My guess is that it falls somewhere in between. It's not going to be their top priority, but they're not going to just ignore it for a year. The way they're going to have to go about this, the smartest way at least to go about this, is to plan on the argument for the precedent, like Stephen F. Austin, the precedent of having the postseason ban be delivered. Obviously, you're going to argue to have it go away altogether because you don't think you deserve it. I tend to fall into that line of thinking, given Oklahoma State's transgressions and Lamont Evans's transgressions, um, along with what the NCAA has conceded with Oklahoma State not knowing or not having responsibility for what Lamont Evans was doing. That's the route you got to go because I don't think you can count on sort of tying the NCAA up for nine months before you get an answer here. Uh, the smarter thing to do will be to argue your legitimate points, but as you mentioned, you're arguing those points against somebody who already made the decision. Well, so I will say this. the As I understand, the infraction committee is not the same individuals who handed out the punishment in the first place. If I'm, Am I incorrect there? It's a different committee, but it's the NCAA. Right? Yeah, so no, that's, yeah, it's still the same. Same line of, of thinking. Uh, so, yeah. so as I understand, the infraction appeals committee... Uh, 
how long it takes varies. The membership approved process spells out a 110 day timeline. Uh, it can take longer depending upon the complexity of the case. Uh, quote, the process is, is designed to be fair and impartial with no rush to judgment. Getting the right answer is what counts most, which is the perfect NCAA vague as hell. What does that actually mean? Kind of thing. Um, so uh, the deadline uh, to uh, if they get the appeal in, let's say on the deadline of June 20th, that means, which is uh, the deadline to apply, uh, 110 days would be on October 8th. Um, which would be roughly a month before the season starts. I, I, I would I would think that Oklahoma State would like to be able to have some sort of answer as far as what the appeals committee is going to decide before the season starts. Um, I agree on fighting to have the uh, postseason ban overturned, uh, but accepting a delay in when that postseason ban begins, that feels the most likely, especially considering punishments are... And we're talking very, very, very rarely just completely overturned. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't I don't see that happening. I think again, the the NCAA has got the opportunity to kind of kind of wave a big stick around. They're not gonna uh let that be reversed, no matter how bullshit it is. Um so I guess the last thing to talk about here is this is a big twelve pod, not just an Oklahoma State pod, is Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State was handled one level one infraction and cooperated with the NCAA, and this is what they got. Kansas has five level one infractions and is absolutely blatantly not cooperating with the NCAA. They're, if we're operating with the idea of this is an unprecedented situation, like 2020 has been at this point, um, and we've never seen anything like it. And the NCAA really is out for not just blood, but meat as well. How scared should Kansas fans be about what could be coming down for them at some point in the near future? Very scared. Because if Oklahoma State was going to get a two-year ban, Kansas is going to to this line of thinking from the NCAA for the Kansas, which we've already discussed, is not a sure thing. But if, if we're going just off of logic, same line of thinking, if Oklahoma State was going to get a two-year ban, Kansas would get at least a two-year ban and a show-cause penalty of some significant length of time would probably be issued on Bill Self. And I, I think that is going to be the big thing because if it, it's essentially a show-cause penalty for for self Lamont Evans show cost penalty was 10 years and bro got a five year show cause penalty for having an impermissible recruiting event and then lying to the NCAA about it. If Bill self has been sort of thumbing his nose at the NCAA and committing far worse violations, according to the NCAA alleged violations, then Bruce Pearl was a very significant show cause penalty for him, which essentially, you know, given his age and what he's accomplished already, um, may end his career if he gets a, a very significant somewhere in that. Do I think the NCAA has the onions to move forward with that if they decide that's sort of what should happen. I don't know. But if I'm a Kansas fan, 
the multi-year postseason ban plus having to sort of restart without Bill Self would make me very scared. Yeah. I, look, again, I don't want to see Kansas burn to the ground. It's it's a, it's a great program. It's a great basketball program. Um, it's I, I'm not saying I'm okay with cheating, but everybody cheats, so like whatever. Mm. Um, I think there's a, it's important to differentiate between the philosophy of this and what I think the NCAA is going to do, because yes. I I don't think everything with the FBI probe I think was blown entirely out of proportion and the FBI bungled their whole thing didn't really get what they wanted to get got enough for the NCAA but from a philosophy morality standpoint I don't think anybody was really in the wrong in the college space whether that be Arizona LSU Oklahoma State Kansas Louisville whoever but they did break NCAA rules so we're trying to view this from an NCAA perspective and not you know, personally crucifying a school because I agree with you. Seeing Kansas burn to the ground would be awful for the sport. And given what we saw with SMU in the football situation back in the eighties, I don't think it would ever again. That being said, if there is a situation in which they would come close, it would look a lot like something at Louisville or Kansas or Arizona. And I think if they are taking this as seriously as they say they are, I would expect or be fearful of some really, really harsh punishments. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting few months for, for Kansas and the rest of the schools um, with this uh, we don't have to talk about it. It still bothers me to some extent that uh, Brad Underwood is the one who brought Lamont Evans to Oklahoma State. Uh, he was barely there under Boynton's time, and Boynton, they removed him quickly when all this came down. And yet, uh, Brad Underwood seems to be a okay at Illinois. Nothing wrong, nothing going on there. So, if we're really trying to punish those who are responsible for this stuff, just going after players and fan bases seems to be the NCAA's only form of punishment because I've never figured out anything better. Um, I I know people don't like to hear it. I'm sorry. I would rather see coaches told they can't coach for a period of time and have to go do something else than to see institutions and fan bases and, and, and 18-year-old athletes uh, punished for the for the acts of, of grown-ups. Mm-hmm. When you can get mad at 18-year-olds for quote-unquote cheating um i think more often than not when money has changed hands these kids are not as involved in that process as fans like to think they are so uh nine times out of ten those who get punished are getting punished for the actions of adults because that tends to be what happened is the older generation screw over the younger welcome to uh the circle of life uh so with all that said i'm i'm i think i'm all out of of energy and i have already gonna have to give an nsfw warning in the intro of this uh, because I've said some things I wouldn't normally say on my show. Brian, you, as always, are awesome. Uh, remind everybody again where they can now uh, check out your work covering college basketball. Yeah, so you can still follow me on Twitter at bralph33. It's B-R-A-U-F-33. You can find all my stuff online at heatcheckcbb or heatcheckcollegebasketball. Brian, always a pleasure, sure. And uh, 
Uh, we'll talk to you again when we find out uh, what happens to Kansas or if Oklahoma State gets an appeal to their liking or just when the season's about to start, we have to figure out what to decide about a conference with two teams we just don't know what's going to be happening in. Who knows? Maybe Oklahoma State will get banned from a postseason. That doesn't happen. Podcast Network.